Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen... Hello and welcome to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith and joining me as always is... Mike Tricia. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. We're, we're uh, reunited and it feels so good. Yes, yeah. I was, uh, I was out last week and uh, I didn't... Uh, it, it kind of happened very suddenly. Like It was a couple days before the, we were supposed to record the episode. Uh, and unfortunately, I couldn't uh, make it in time. I was like, oh, man, if we can squeeze it in somewhere and... Didn't really work, uh, but uh, you guys uh, made it work. You, producer Colin, you guys did an episode where you talked about Moonfall, uh, which you told me about after you recorded it, and I was very upset. Yeah, we we sprung that on you because I knew you'd be mad. So I was like, we just don't tell him, and then he has to edit the podcast. He'll find out that way. <laughs> yeah, well, luckily uh, our buddy Kyle actually edited that podcast, but uh, still, it was uh, yeah, I was I was absolutely furious, but it was okay <laughs> because the episode's very good. I've only listened to the first couple episodes because I've uh, le- like you. As of this recording, uh, we uh, you just posted that episode uh, yesterday, uh, or we we posted the episode yesterday. So I've only been able to hear the first few minutes. Uh, but you guys were like, apologetic from the top that I wasn't able to be there. Yes, yes, we were. <laughs> uh, so that's a bummer. But because, uh, as you know, I've been a big proponent of uh, you know asking the questions, the hard hitting questions of what if the moon fell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm you know I'm sure next week when we have a. Uh, Full discussions episode. If we, that's what we do next week, we'll hear your full thoughts. Unless, unless you're about to give us your your spicy moonfall takes right now. Uh, you know what? I, I think there are there is a time and place for spicy moonfall takes, Mike. Uh, but I don't think this episode is the place for it because we kind of have to get into our main event here. Yeah, yeah, we got a big you one know? this this week. We got a very big one. We're very excited about this. Uh, we actually got to sit down and talk uh, with uh, a few members of the Adams family, uh, who are the independent horror filmmaking team. Uh, and it's a family. It's an actual like mother, father, and two daughters. Uh, and it's Toby Poser, John Adams, and Lulu Adams are the ones that we were able to uh, talk to. And they just came out with a new movie called Hellbender. Actually, uh, when this episode comes out, that movie will be out today on Shudder. Uh, and so people can watch it on Shudder as of today. And uh, it's a movie that uh, I got to watch a few months ago for the Montana Film Festival, and I actually got to talk to Toby Poser then uh, to do a Q&A after the festival, and that was a, a really great experience. And so when I found out that it was coming to uh, Shudder in February, I was like, oh, maybe we should reach out to them and uh, you know see if they want to be on the podcast. And turns out, yes, they did, uh, which, hey, that worked out. Great for us. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it works that. out for everybody. Uh, yeah, so it's a really great interview. We got to talk to them, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Really got to dig into Hellbender, uh, as well as a little bit of The Deeper You Dig, uh, which was their previous movie. I had watched that a while ago, and uh, Mike, you had just watched The Deeper You Dig uh, of like last week, two weeks ago, um, you know, I think before we had even booked this interview, um, partially because you were just kind of interested in Hellbender and you wanted to check out their previous movie. Um, uh, but you watched it while you were out down and out with COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. I talked about it, I think a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I've been meaning to the, watch it. The Adam's family's been on my radar for a little bit with, uh, you know, all the horror podcasts I listen to. Um, so I figured what better time to watch, to watch, uh, like, you know, dark psychedelic horror movie uh than when i'm sick with covid and and i don't think i've ever felt colder than like you know having a 102 fever with from covid and watching uh john adams like demolish a vacant home in the catskill winter uh just <laughs> like I, that was that was a chill that i felt in my bones as i'm like shivering holding a pillow like uh what's happening and then 
the movie gets scary. Um, right. So, yeah, Deep Your Dig was very fun. That's on Shudder also. So, you know, you have a little Adam's Family double feature. Yeah, absolutely. So that is on Shudder. And uh, Hellbender is also on Shudder. And this is actually considered a Shudder original. Like, Shudder picks it up, and it's debuting on Shudder. Uh, so people, uh, most people are going to get to watch it for the first time through there. And uh, I'm very excited to see this movie kind of gain a wider audience. Uh, I love this at the Montana Film Festival, and it was great talking to Toby then. Uh, and it was great talking to Toby, John Adams, and Lulu Adams uh, this time around. Zelda Adams, unfortunately, couldn't join us. Uh, but that's okay. It was a great conversation with the rest of the family. And uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to them again uh, at some point down the line. Um, but here it is, our interview with... Uh, three-fourths of the Adams Family uh, for Hellbender. Magic comes from the fear. Fear of death. Every living thing has it. The more fear pumping through the blood, the more power. Opened a door that, once it's open, it can be hard shut. I shouldn't have kept this from you. It was a mistake. Liar. I know the truth, Mom. I did what I was taught to do. Winter eats fall. Fall eats summer. Summer eats spring. And spring eats winter. (laughs) What do you smell? I smell a man. You know why we're called hellbenders? Because we're feared. Have you been in my dreams? They break my heart, I'll devour you. If they want to believe in hell so badly, I'll give them hell. I just want us to be people. It's not a gift, Izzy. Then why was it given? I'm not afraid of you, Izzy. You will be. All right, that was from the trailer for Hellbender, the new movie that is being released on Shudder, directed by the Adams Family. And uh, Mike and I are sitting here uh, with three members of the Adams Family right now: Toby Poser, John Adams, and Lulu Adams. Welcome to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. Thanks so much for inviting Thank us. You. We're really yeah, excited Mike, Mike. to be with you guys. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to have you guys too. I got to talk to Toby uh, a while back at the Montana Film Festival, uh, where I got to see Hellbender for the first time and uh, had my mind exploded. Uh, it just got. <laughs> Like my mind was in one place and then it was at the back of the theater and it was, it was gone Uh, and got to see the crowd reaction to it too, which was incredible too. Uh, And so we got to talk to Toby a little bit uh, there for the Q and a, which was incredible. Uh, And really before we get into the movie, uh, I'd love to talk about just the origin of the Adams family, how this all came about. Like, obviously you guys are a family first uh, and then (laughs) you uh, got into making movies. How did that come to be? We were living in Los Angeles about 11 years ago, and um, I was on like a reality TV show. Toby's always been an actress, so she's been on soap operas and in films and stuff like that. But as she turned 40, somewhere around 40, you know, the industry was kind of like not smart enough to realize that that's when women really get cool. <laughs> yeah. And so she was a little bummed and she um, was like, and I was like, Toby, Toby's so smart and she's such a good writer. It was like, Toby, why don't you just write a script and, and we'll shoot it. And it was interesting because I had been on this reality TV show and it was really interesting to me to watch the production side of everything. And technology was changing so much at that point um, that people like us could afford the equipment to actually compete with industry movies. Now, obviously, we didn't have the knowledge and the know-how like the industry, 
And so we set out a bunch of ignorant ship of fools. We had known <laughs> how dumb we were. We never would have done it. But ignorance was bliss. And we made our first movie called Rumble Strips. And we all fell in love with the process of making movies. Some of us fell in love with different parts of it. So we became like this rolling combat unit. I like Amazing. it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so when, when you guys are making movies and uh, you guys have made six features at this point, I think, right? That's the number? I think now we're at seven. Is that right? Is, is it seven yeah, now? We, yeah, we're making our, I guess if you include the hatred, if you include the hatred, it would be eight. Oh, wow. We're on our eight. Okay, nice. Uh, so ah! you, guys, you guys have made <laughs> eight features together. Uh, how, how has the collaboration um, between the family members like changed over time? Because you've been doing this for a while now. What do you think, Lou? I don't think it's changed much at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually a lot of kind of organizing and Toby writing out a kind of base script and then all of us having an input and over family dinner, just chatting everything over. And then as we learned about camera gear together, you know, we all started at the same spot that, mm -hmm. you know, a six and 11 year old were at the same place as 40 something year olds. Um, that at least in my opinion, is pretty equal. And you know, whoever's not acting or doing the camera does the sound. If we're shooting John, Toby, me, or Zelda are doing the camera um, and just kind of switching on and off and chatting about it. And then John has always been the one writing the music. Nice. And Lulu, how, how, how has it been growing up like as with this as your background with you and Zelda? Uh, you and Zelda? It's been so, you know, it sounds cliche, but it has just been the best to be a part of it because at an early age, you know, our first movie, we started out on a road trip filming and I was homeschooled so was my sister and we got to design our own curriculum and we were busy making a movie and as a kid my sister and I had been doing little bits of theater as children you know as one does but now we turn into right. making movies yeah. so as a kid it was amazing to be behind the camera you know and just get to have a say in what we said and get to have a child's voice behind what we're saying instead of an adult write a script for you that was pretty cool and I think it's own good edge but then I think the best for me was the traveling to all the film festivals. Once we got it rolling and chatting to other filmmakers and getting to be in that adult world because there we all were equals. We all were filmmakers. I think That's just awesome. going and chatting and practicing speaking to adults and talking film and having a shared passion. I think that was really cool as a kid. Nice. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so there's this I mean, this DIY element that uh, every Adams family picture has. It's all do it yourself. You know, it's, it's really just you guys and like your small community of people helping you out to do just about everything on these movies. Uh, Hellbender, probably the most ambitious one so far. So, I mean, you guys have pivoted to horror with these last couple of movies. Uh, how has that affected your filmmaking style? Uh, you know what? We only just want to have more, even more fun. Then, I mean, it's always been fun, but we found that the horror genre has really kind of cracked open our creativity. We feel like we can be more brazen with um, the, how we shoot things. Uh, we feel like there's kind of there are no bounds not only with what we feel we can do with our films but also with the horror community we feel like it's a very safe place to experiment um so it's only i think opened us up uh, creatively yeah what yeah. other genre would you be able to like puke blood on each other and it's fine <laughs> right <laughs> and laugh about right yeah. and laugh about it and have everyone else laugh about it that's the, the other thing is if we did that in a drama uh, we would be in jail <laughs> <laughs> Just straight up, it'd be jail. Yeah, <laughs> no trial, just send straight to jail. Exactly, and it would be sad. Yeah. We puked on each other now Aww. in jail. I'm sorry, Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I yeah. think that's something that's really fun about the horror crowd is I think they have our sense of humor and we realize that like with our first movie, The Hatred, like we laugh at the most dark shit in our family. Mm. It's like <laughs> in our family, it works, but outside of our family, you can really hurt people's feelings when you laugh, when, you know, they slip on ice and land on their ass and it's, but, but it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the horror crowd, I think, gets that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And there is just this huge like community of people who support, especially in horror. I feel like a lot of the big breakout hits you tend to see in independent film tend to be horror films um, because it lets you show off stylistically a lot more. Uh, how does the community kind of embrace that aspect of your films too? Totally. Yeah. Just one thing to say also is with horror, you know, we still can get to do a lot of those same things that we did. But like you said, we can add a lot more of like style to it and you can have crazier colors and you can add in so much magic to it. But you still can have all those things like drama and comedy. You can put whatever you want in there with horror. You can mix them so easily and then pop some horror on top and turn someone's grandma into confetti, something crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah, we always say we make dramas and then cover them in blood. That's the way to say it, yeah. We love to make fun of grandmas. We know what it is. <laughs> we love our grandmas. Like, how can we... We do treat them well, I promise. <laughs> no broken arms or anything. <laughs> Absolutely. That's yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, I'm glad it, I'm glad that checks so out. So far, that's true. So we're shooting an act scene tomorrow, so <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. We'll see um, how that goes. But yeah, so, so Hellbender is out. Uh, actually, when this podcast comes out, it will be out today. This will come out the day that uh, Hellbender gets released on February 24th. Uh, and, you know, people are excited to see it. I saw the trailer go online uh, like a month or so ago. And, you know, I saw people in the comments getting very excited about it. Uh, so I, I don't want to go too much into spoilers, although maybe we can a little bit, um, you know, since it'll be out when this comes out. Um, but the first half of Hellbender, I mean, very much about kind of the isolation that Izzy's feeling as she's essentially like hidden from everyone else. Uh, and it's, it's tough not to watch that and be like, is this like at least partially influenced by, you know, the sense of isolation that the entire world has felt over the last <laughs> couple of years uh, from the pandemic? Was that an influence on uh, Hellbender at all? I think it was a, a, a happy coincidence. Okay. I mean, we didn't like set out to make a, a COVID movie, but it definitely once we start, once we were in it, it was like, oh, we can see some parallels here. Also, it really um it helped change. We we did have a much bigger production we were going to shoot, and then COVID like we shot that prologue with four with fifteen women hanging the, the grandma. Um, <laughs> that was th like the day before the lockdown happened. Oh my god! So we just sneaked it in, the, and then it made us totally scale back what our production was going to be. Um, so then it kind of did become, and there were little things that naturally came in, like the scene where Izzy moves her chair away from Amber when he when she first meets Amber, and she's like, "I can't get close to people," and Lola's like, "None of us can." You know, it was like that was just natural, and like, oh, that really made sense. Yeah, we couldn't escape COVID, but it kind of worked for how we make movies. So it's like, like we went to some super beautiful places that otherwise would have been crowded with people and we had them all to ourselves because we were living in a trailer for half of the movie driving around in the United States. And the United States, were, everyone was home, you know, so it kind of like COVID was a brutal and still is a brutal thing. But for our movie making experience, it, it was kind of helpful. The other thing about isolation is we're from the Catskills. We live in a very rural place. Our, mm -hmm. you know, you, we are 
isolated. So And so all of our movies are informed by that. If you've seen The Hatred or if you've seen The Deeper You Dig, they're completely isolated too, just by virtue of the fact of where we're from. Yeah, that yep. makes sense. And uh, or, sorry, Mike, go ahead. I actually wanted to ask a little bit about, uh, you know, the Hudson Valley region, at least. Mike and I met in college in Albany, uh, so we spent a lot of time you know, up there. Uh, I'm from Long Island. So, yeah, and I'm <laughs> um, from Poughkeepsie. So, yeah, in the same area. Um, but I feel like the, the Hudson Valley upstate oh, for, okay. for me at least has a very specific, like, vibe, for lack of a better term. This just very ancient forest, but also a lively modern arts community. So, that, that like, merger for your family, how does that play into, I guess, your, your filmmaking? So the Hudson Valley, like Poughkeepsie, is, is very cool now. Uh, you have Newburgh, you have all those Hudson Valley towns, you have Woodstock, you now have Hudson, New York, you have Beacon. Mm -hmm. All yep. those are art hubs now that have been completely discovered and you can eat like Korean barbecue and go to an art show. <laughs> yeah. But where we're from, uh, and that's the Western side of the Catskills, it's still loggers, rock cutters, and very earthy, it's mm -hmm. very earthy. It's it's it is still pretty isolated. Like we don't have stripes on our road. We still live on country roads, so it's a little different than the Hudson Valley. Um, actually, quite a bit different. I think if you went to school in Albany, if you went a little north, um, northwest, you would have been in communities more like ours, like right. Rome, New York, or like up towards those places. It's different. It's got a feel. Yeah, for sure. And John, you, uh, in The Deeper You Dig, you play one of the lead roles uh, in that movie. This time around, you scale back a little bit. Your, your character, uh, again, not to go into spoilers, but you're only in the movie for like a brief moment, basically. You're only in there for a little bit. Uh, was that a conscious choice, too? Did you want to spend more time behind the camera on this one? Yes. Yeah. And from The Deeper You Dig, one of the things that we learned from going to the festivals and reading reviews was that a lot of people said, hey, I liked the movie, but I really would have liked to have seen the relationship between the mother and daughter developed more. And so it was like, great, because Zelda and Toby are terrific friends. And it was like, that, let's do a story about a mother and a daughter and, and develop that relationship. We could have so much fun. And yes, I could spend a lot more time concentrating on, you know, behind the camera stuff. Very nice. I, I wanted to ask too about the kind of uh, themes or connections that sort of run between The Deeper You Dig and uh, Hellbender, particularly the occult stuff that is in both movies. Uh, and it, is that anything that you guys are interested in, like besides being a cool storytelling device? Like, are you into that stuff? I am fascinated by it. I wouldn't say that um, I or any of us are like followers, but it's definitely a fascination. And we had so much fun creating that mythology. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, even today I was doing, you know, research, trying to find different names of the devil and the, the stories you just get, you just, it's just the hole gets deeper and deeper. You just want to go further to further and read about these wonderful, um, you know, legends and stories. So no, we, we, um, not, we're just interested in it and, and we're just kind of acolytes. I was I mean, a comparative religion major, though, so I do love all of this stuff. And actually, if you read the tenets of Satanism, they're very logical and, and very kind of loving. They're not like, like people who don't know about Satanism. If you said, oh, the tenets of Satanism are actually pretty cool, they'd be like, oh, my God, what a weirdo. He's a Satanist. Yeah. But if you go and read them, they make absolute sense. They're very natural. And they're not 
magical at all. Yeah, there, there was a documentary a couple of years ago uh, called Hail Satan, which like kind of dived into that, like dived into the Church of Satan or, or whatever. Uh, and I remember like watching it, not really like being that familiar with it and being like, these are the nicest guys. These are like, the nicest people yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's always funny. You know, I think Satanism is interesting and it's very funny. I love to say Hail Satan because it just throws everybody off. Right. I have a tattoo <laughs> on my back that says straight to hell because that really throws everybody off. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, isn't that the fun of it all? Absolutely. Uh, so the band Hellbender also plays a huge part of this movie as well. The music uh, is such a major part of it. How did that come to play such a big role in the film? Uh, well, Okay, so we had the band Hellbender, but the Easer Sixes, and yes. um, we st we started making music videos for that. Hell Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and we were making one called Black Sky. I was confused. Hell Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and in this video, Black Sky, it was it was just not, it just was very evident that we were into this witchy theme was come kind of coming into play, and we thought we got to explore that more. And um and we did, and and when when John was editing it too, well, you'll explain that better. I hit some uh, when I was editing this little music video for Black Sky. I made some editing mistakes. Some weird shit happened, and. And it looked magnificent and it looked super trippy and I didn't know what I had done. So I went back and figured out like, what's going on here? Why is this doing this? I figured out what the architecture of my mistake was. And then we, we determined, hey, we should really, this should be the trippy part of the movie, like the metaphysical part of the movie. This will really play into the fact that these people have these amazingly wonderful visions. Um, the other thing that was important to us, because you guys have seen The Deeper You Dig, was The Deeper You Dig is a pretty heavy movie. It's funny to us, but some people didn't quite get the funny of it. Mm. And we wanted to make sure that this next movie was driven by a heartbeat of fun. And we felt the best way to do that was to do that musically. So that's why music plays such a big role in, in the film. Nice. Yeah, when I, when I first... Uh when I was going to watch it for the Montana Film Festival, uh, Mike Emmons, who was uh, you know, the director of that festival, uh, he was talking to me about it and telling me about the movie. And uh, he's saying it's one of the most metal movies he's ever seen uh, in his life. <laughs> and then I watched it. Uh, and I, I love that the movie <laughs> tells you pretty much exactly what it's going to be in those first couple of minutes. You see uh, the woman uh, getting burned alive and she's screaming. And then you cut to the title sequence and just the Hellbender song kicks in <laughs> and it's playing over it. Uh, it's incredible. It's great. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and, it, and if you listen to the lyrics, uh, it's all just laid out right in front of you. Within the first 10 minutes, the lyrics of the songs are going to tell you everything. But <laughs> it's fun. You're the first person who's mentioned that. Oh, really? A lot of, yeah, so you're a lyric listener. There it is. <laughs> Absolutely. And I uh, also want to give a shout out. I, I did look this up. So I remember asking Toby about this uh, when we saw the movie back in November. Uh, but uh, the songs are on Spotify now, right? I, I checked them out uh, and they are on there? Yes. Spotify yeah. and Apple. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, pe so people can listen to the Hellbender songs after they see the movie. It's uh, definitely yeah. worth checking it out. And you guys, we're going to have, there's going to be a soundtrack coming out on vinyl through uh, a company called Ship to Shore nice. later in, in spring. And it's going to have 20 songs on it. And half of them weren't even in the movie. And they're, they're beauties. Nice. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, this movie like tells you what it's going to be almost immediately. And then I like that uh, it kind of plays with it a little bit. And like the next 10 minutes, are like conceivably this like small drama about a mother and a daughter, and then something happens. I won't give that give that away, but uh, you know, it, within fifteen minutes, like things take a turn. Uh, so how how important was it in like creating the right tone when conceiving Hellbender? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you got all the good questions. This is great. You want to take it? Anybody want to take it? Go ahead. Tone's so important to us. Like 
you know, we watch a lot of movies together, and as soon as it's over, we all are Siskel and Ebert all of a sudden. <laughs> and one of the things that's most important to us is like whether the filmmakers captured a tone and stuck with it. Because it's hard when you watch a movie and there's not a tone. So we hope that we have a continuous tone throughout. But the most important thing about Hellbender was we knew where it was going to go. So we needed to set up these this relationship so that people liked both the mother and the kid. Because they're both going to pay. And the only way you care if somebody pays is if you either love them or like them or can relate with them. So the beginning tone of the movie, that whole mother-daughter relationship, was really important to show that, hey, these are good friends. They're good mm -hmm. friends. They're isolated. There's something weird going on, but they're good friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the dynamic between them is is really the heart of the movie and like so important to it. Uh, and I do want to talk about uh, Zelda's performance here, too, which unfortunately she couldn't be here today. Um, but Izzy uh, in this movie is just torn between, you know, wanting like a genuine human connection. Like she wants to, you know, leave the house and she meets uh, up with Amber, Lulu's character. And, you know, she has that line, like if a band plays in the woods and no one's there to hear it, did they really play? And all that kind of <laughs> stuff. And she's torn between all that, but also wanting to really like indulge in her new powers that she finds <laughs> throughout the movie. Uh, and, you know, it's very much like kind of an awakening for her. What was it like striking the balance between that character? You know, I think Zelda would say that we really wanted to capture an adolescent, you know, and, and we wanted to, sh and Amber had a big part of that too, because she's the first friend she has. And Amber's kind of this like, kind of, um, you know, more mature, uh, kind of irreverent woman. Um, and so I just love that dynamic, I have to say, between Lulu and Zelda's character. Um, in, in the film, Lulu kind of showing her the way and, you know, giving her a sip, her first sip of beer. Um, That's the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think it was, um, I think Zelda played it so beautifully. And I think Lulu gave her a lot to play with, too. Um, because I kind of feel for Amber as well, who's also a, like a late or just post-adolescent. You know, for me, it's a coming-of-age story, not only about the adolescence, but also for the parent. You know, parents come of age as well. And so I think we were thinking about the, both of those and how we could kind of balance um, the evolution for both these characters. And it was easy for Zelda to play the shy, kind of innocent girl, because Zelda is shy and she's becoming less innocent. But she, at that time, was still quite shy and quite innocent. And she was, so those early scenes, and, and plus she's playing with her sister, who's basically a criminal like you know the the character that she played and it was like um what was hard for zelda was later on when she was like going against her mother with such like a cold heart and we worked hard and zelda had a really hard time we had to remind her a lot like zelda now you are a hellbender you're not like a teenager, you're a hellbender, like, and there's consequences to that. And she, and I think she rose to both occasions really well. Yeah, I mean, I would I would not have even guessed that she had a hard time doing the performance by the end, especially, I mean, she dives right into it, uh, is, the, yes. is the thing. Uh, and I, I did want to mention uh, that, that's the, again, without context, not spoiling or anything, but uh, the one line that she has where she's like, she's still alive and she's scared shitless. Uh, <laughs> yeah. makes, makes me laugh so hard. It's, it's a great delivery of that, of that yeah. line. <laughs> That well, what's so really cool. fun about that scene, I'm glad you like it, is that Zelda is smiling the whole time. Yeah. And it's pretty twisted. 
It yeah. is. <laughs> like from a human point of view, it's like, holy shit, this is twisted. <laughs> like what a great, awful thing, you know? That's oh, funny yeah. to us. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I know for Zelda also, I remember her saying that it was really fun, but definitely different to suddenly have, you know, she and my mom, Toby, are super, super close. And then having that shift towards the end is super fun, but different. Like she had to remember to how to act differently. Right. With our mother. <laughs> Makes sense. And on, on the flip side, too, I think, you know, with Izzy and her mother really starting to bond, you know, once she finally discovers her powers. Uh, and uh, what I like is the mother, like, indulges in it for a little while. She's like, despite her better judgment, she knows how dangerous this is. And, uh, you know, she kind of reveals that, like, you know, the hellbender is always eventually killed by their offspring. And, you know, is always just kind of like, uh, you know, she seems like she wants to be a part of her daughter's life, but at the same time is distancing herself from it. Uh, so were these themes that you were trying to work through in previous works or did like the horror pivot kind of allow you to dive into those? I think we've always, um, in all of our films, if we looked at each one with a microscope, we would we would observe that there's always um, some kind of a, um, a mirror between what we're going through or what other people are going through as families, um, children and parents. <clears throat> so yeah, no, we definitely wanted that. I mean, in the deeper you dig, there's definitely some, you know, some truth to the mother who loses her daughter. I was going through some stuff in the deeper you dig. I was going, I had endometrial cancer and I was losing, you know, my reproductive, uh, you know, identity and and there was definitely a parallel in that film so i think with all of our films there's there's something going on that's something we really love to do and in, ca in the case of horror what's fun with horror is trying to challenge ourselves with showing these parent these human um universalities but kind of passing them through these strange supernatural lenses is really challenging and really fun. Like one of the reasons we made the Hellbender was because Toby had found out that the father who raised her turns out that it wasn't her blood father. And she found that out at age 50. So like we went, yes. her mother told her on her deathbed, like, hey, um, your father, I don't know who your real father is. So this, What's cool about, like, one of the things that we were working through with Toby, with Hellbender was what's, what's nature and what's nurture? And, you know, so then suddenly it became a question like, oh, my God, we would like to find out what her father is like because then we would know so much more about Toby. And at the same time, Toby had to ask questions about, like, all the conversations she had had in, and all the everything that had happened through her childhood. It's not that it, like, is, like, not true. But suddenly there's a new spotlight on it and it changes everything. And that's what's fun. That's basically Izzy's character. Everything that Izzy's learned her whole life, she has to be like, wait a minute. Like, why was I told that? Right. So it's, it was cool. It was, it was definitely a mirror of basically Toby's experience. That's an incredible story. And I love that like horror was able to kind of give you that you know, outlet, uh, so to speak, I guess. And I, I just love, like, there is, like, a universality to it, too. I mean, the idea of it is, like, oh, teenagers are replacing their parents, and it's like, oh, yeah. this is all, like, that's scary, but it's also <laughs> what happens in real life. That's <laughs> just what right. happens it's to everyone. <laughs> I, love to, I love to think that, you know, life is tough whether you're a hellbender or you're a human. That's right, kind right. of my motto <laughs> with this film. It's like, hey, you know, life is hard. It's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now, when you guys are making Hellbender and when you kind of come into the screen, uh, you know, kind of developing this, I mean, what works were you kind of drawing inspiration from? Is there any like specific uh, filmmakers or any other kind of art that you kind of 
took notes from and were like, this is like something that we need to kind of put into the movie and make it our own? We, uh, we quote a couple, but we love to try to do our own thing. And, and Toby's very conscious of making sure that whatever we're doing is our own. Yeah, like we love to watch movies and I like to read. I love to read about, you know, like I was saying today, I was reading about different names of the devil. And for Hellbender, I was reading a lot about powerful women in ancient lore like Lilith and Lamia, the Libyan serpent goddess, and Kali the destroyer. Those things really kind of get us in the mood, but then I kind of want to like rip them up and throw them away, you know, because right. so I only keep piece tiny pieces of them because I don't want to. I want to try to be as we, we want to try to be as original as possible. So it's okay to be influenced by things or inspired, but I don't think we want to try to follow in too many footsteps. And Toby had a rule, and it was a good one, which was all the year and a half that we worked and talked and filmed Hellbender, you weren't allowed to say which. Really? <laughs> it was like, don't nice. say that. And it was a good rule because it was like, it really kept us away from, you know, just falling into a rut and being like, you know what? Okay, let's have Zelda fly by the window on a broom. That'd be a really <laughs> cool idea. Like we could have done that and it would have been so embarrassing. But the fact that we weren't allowed to say which meant that we also couldn't fly on a broom. Yeah. Yes. And like we had, like we hang the woman in the beginning, but and it's reminiscent of a witch hanging. And we only say the word witch once, you know, mm. when Izzy says to the ranger, "Oh, we're like a cross between a witch, a demon, and an apex predator." For me, I think she's only saying those things because she's she's throwing out something simple that a lowly human can understand. But she's like, that is like calling, you know, a queen, <laughs> a, you know, a janitor. She's like, we are so above that. But she's like, throws him a bone, you know. Um, and I knew pe we knew that people would relate to the the hellbenders as witches. So we were like, well, let them do that, right? You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are, there are a million witch movies, but there's only one Hellbender movie. Uh, and it's ah. this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is also, I mean, uh, you guys have been co-directing these movies for a while, uh, Toby and John, but uh, Zelda co-directed this movie as well. She's cr accredited co-director, co-writer. Uh, and I was wondering, like, as far as, you know, the rest of you, is there anything behind the scenes that you still want to do that you feel like you haven't done yet? Because at this point, it feels like you guys have done almost everything. Like some, like all of you have done different parts of the production at some point or another. Do you mean like, what, do we want to do some facet of filmmaking or do we want to do something in our films that we haven't done yet? Either one. Yeah, either. I can, okay, I can answer one part of that. Like for me, there's one thing about horror that I really would love to succeed at. Okay. And that is the idea of creep, like something creepy, that thing that makes mm. you tingle in your spine. Like uh, for me, it's things like, um, uh, like in the ring when she, like when the kid, for, like I think it's maybe even ring two, when he takes a picture and the, the, the ring girl is behind him just for a second. Do you know what okay, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Things like, I love that. I think that's insanely difficult to pull off. Because usually it's like it, it's such a fine line be be um, between heavy-handed and awesome, Do you know. Like, yes. So yes. it's like it's it's not very successful very often. That's something that I would love to succeed at. That would be so fun. I think I'd agree on that. And in just filmmaking, I feel like we've all had such an equal role. There's not, at least for me, a part that I'd like to try that I haven't done yet. But something creepy that is like you said that's an 
art. You have to get inside other people's head, multiple people's head, and really try to relate them all on what can scare the shit out of you quietly. That's not right. a jump scare. Like, right, right. Jump scare yeah. is so much easier. Exactly. Why, when you turn off the basement light, but you're at the bottom of the basement, do, do you feel this slight touch of a deadly hand. Why do we all feel that? And, and everybody translate that onto film so that the whole audience is like, ah! <laughs> I can't wait to get up into the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like how do you do that? It's very hard. Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, you guys have seen Hereditary, uh, I'm guessing? Yeah. Okay, yeah. When I saw Hereditary in theaters, uh, there was, I, me and Mike talk about this all the time. Yeah. Uh, oh. when, we, when we saw Hereditary in theaters and there's the one moment where you see Tony Collette and her like silhouette in the corner of the screen right like you know darkness right there and i remember seeing that in theater and like the cat like it's it sits on that shot for like a full minute or something like that uh and like people in my audience there was like a wave of people realizing what was happening like <laughs> as it was gone it was like pandemonium in the theater people were going nuts <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was cool. I'm with you. Now that's genius shit right there. And and I remember it took me. I was the, like the last person in the audience to even get it. And we had watched it on a computer. And I was like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait. And everyone's like, you can't stop a movie. And I'm like, but wait. I, they're like, you saw it. You know. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yes, that's genius stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I mean, what you guys are currently working on your next project, right? You're you're, you're currently working on something else. We are. Yeah. Right? What, what can you tell? Gonna... What can you tell us about it? Yeah, it's called When the Devil Roams, and it takes place in um, Depression-era America, so circa 1932. And it's about a family of artistic serial killers on the dying vaudeville circuit. So they've been more relegated to a carnival, the carny mm -hmm. life. And um, their side act is murder. So, oh, I should say they're <laughs> singers. They're kind of singers on the carny circuit, and their side right. act... Is, is murder, they're serial killers. And um, it's kind of a cross between Bonnie and Clyde and Frankenstein. And there's a lot of music and it's really fun. Nice, uh, are you currently shooting that or has shooting wrapped on that one? Yeah, we're, we're, we're quite into it already. Nice. We're using the beautiful winter. We loved shooting um, The Deeper You Dig, even though you, know, you can only last so long in the cold. But it's so rewarding, the footage. It's just, especially here in the Catskills, the contrast of the dark trees and the fog and the just the coldness really shows up on film. So Zella was the one who came up with this story idea. And she also was the one who said, um, hey, let's shoot one more winter movie because The Deep You Dig was just so fun to shoot in terms of like rewarding cinematography. So right. um, we got a nasty little film that we're shooting that's also got the most love in it that we've ever had. So it's really a great, there's this fun, nasty balance. Nice, all right, and what's yeah. the name of that again? When the Devil Roams. When the Devil Roams, okay. I look forward to seeing it. I don't know when that's gonna happen, but I hope it happens like relatively soon um, <laughs> because especially after Hellbender, like I'm, I'm just excited to see what you guys do next. And, Us too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I love how like, you know, I mean, just describing it, it sounds like, oh, it's like Hellbender felt like, you know, an ambitious next step. And this feels like, oh, it's an even more ambitious next step for the Adams Family, which is exciting. Yeah, it's really interesting to try to take this step because we are like, we're basically trying to do a bigger product like we're like we want our production value to go up but we're still the adams family so yeah. we're having to like intellectually think through okay how do we make this not shinier but you know just how do we just add a how do we just take one more step up the art level is is kind mm -hmm. of what we're trying to do and it's been a lot of fun a lot of fun 
Nice. And uh, I mean, you guys are kind of getting that you've been discovered over the last few years. Uh, I mean, Shudder picked up uh, Hellbender and uh, they, the deeper you dig up, is that a, a, considered a Shudder original or is it just on Shudder? It's just on Shudder. That okay. one was distributed by Dark Sky Films. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh, that's on Shudder right now. Uh, but Hellbender is like, you know, being released on Shudder. And uh, I think it's going to gain you guys like a whole new audience. I'm very excited to uh, see how people react uh, to this movie. Thank you. Uh, Thanks. And it is coming out on February 24th. Do you guys have anything else you want to say before we start uh, wrapping this up? Only that it's so generous of you guys to to watch our movie and to think about it and to talk with us about it because we learn a lot from you. So thank you. Of course. Yeah, we learn a lot from you guys too. I mean, this is, uh, you know, when I saw the Montana Film Festival, I was like, this is like, this is... I mean, it was my favorite movie, The Fest. And like that was a movie that like oh. one of the best picture nominees was in. Power of the Dog was, <laughs> was in that. So <laughs> I loved that fest. Uh, it was yes. so much fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. A great sense of community. And uh, you know, Hellbender, I uh, was an easy highlight of it for sure. Uh so guys, once again, thank you so much uh for joining us on the podcast and uh, can't wait to see what you do next. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Thank you. Mike. Have a great night. Thank yeah. you guys. All right, so that was our interview with uh, Toby Poser, John Adams, and Lulu Adams from the film Hellbender, which is on Shutter right now. People should watch it; it's really great. High recommend from uh, both mics on this podcast. Correct. Correct, Mike? Yes, yeah. I had a I had a blast with this movie, uh, and all the music in it rocks. Like it's just everything about it is metal, and it's cool. Yeah, I've been uh, listening to some of the songs on Spotify uh, nice. <laughs> since since the um, since I rewatched the movie uh, just about a week ago, and yeah, it is terrific. So yeah, Hellbender out right now. People should watch it. And once again, thank you so much to Toby, John, and Lulu for taking the time to talk to us and uh, help promote their movie. That is awesome. Uh, so that is going to be the end of this week's episode of Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. Uh, Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. Uh, plural because we have two podcasts yes we do and you can find me online at uh, m smith film blog on twitter mike smith film on letterbox and radio mike sandwich on instagram thank you so much for listening to mike and mike go to the movies i'm mike smith that's mike decretio and that of course was toby poser john adams and lulu adams don't forget to rate and review the show on apple podcasts or any other podcast app and if you want to contact us you can tweet at us at mike and mike pod you can find the rest of our podcast on rapture press alongside many other podcasts but all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff uh so next week Mike and I will be back, uh, possibly with some discussions. I'm not really sure what the next week's episode is going to be yet. Do we, do we figure that out yet, Mike? No, because schedules are weird. So we'll figure schedules it out. Ha- schedules have been a little weird over the course of this month. I feel like that might be the case for the podcast, just like going forward with like stuff happening again, sort of in the world, like, you know, yeah. getting getting invites and stuff to things and all that. But uh, we're figuring it out, you know, and I think uh, we're, we're aiming to have at least like, uh, you know, one new episode every week. Sometimes it's not going to have both of us like we, like it has been the case for uh, the last couple of weeks. I was out for one episode. You were out for one episode. Uh, but even so, I mean, you know, mine was because I was out at like a movie premiere and you were out because you had COVID. So two different, things. two different things. We've 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 teased the idea that one day we'll be professional and, and bank some episodes. Yes. I don't know. Maybe uh, that's possible. One day, perhaps we'll get to, we'll get to that point. But uh, today is not that day. today is not that day, and the audience will go along on that journey with us if it ever exactly. happens. Exactly. Yes, they, uh, we we would want to broadcast them live as we're banking. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I don't think yes. that means what we seven think it means. seven street hours of uh, us just streaming on Twitch or whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever doing the podcast. Uh, yeah. So next week, I think likely some discussions. But uh, you know, if something else comes up, we'll do something else. We'll see what happens. Uh, I do got to talk about Moonfall next week, though. I mean, there's got to be some Moonfall discussion. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Some, 
post Moonfall talk. And in the meantime, the complete works doing a very exciting episode because uh, we're talking Jeff Goldblum's entry into the MCU. Jeff Goldblum is in the cast of Thor Ragnarok, directed by Taika Waititi. Our buddy Sam Harper uh, from Four Minutes Two is going to be joining us on that episode, uh, and so we will be talking about Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited to to get to the full memory of Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yes, so th- this is truly like. I mean, we'll talk about it in the episode, but this, it's like Goldblum uncaged, you know, Whoa. you know, to, to tie it into our previous season of the podcast. Uh, yeah, no, Go, Goldblum is at 11 in Thor Ragnarok, and it is a lot of fun. So we will be talking about that next week. And that is the end of this week's episode of Mike Might Go to the Movies. We'll see you on the other side. Yeah.